Hello, I'm Charlotte Watts. Welcome to these podcasts that were first broadcast live in my Facebook group, Charlotte Watts Calm. Hope you enjoy them. And if you want more, please look at my website, charlottewattshealth.com. Hello, welcome to this live session on calm in the belly. And if you've been a regular here, you may have noticed that the belly and all things digestion and feeling this very central part of us is a big theme for me in everything that I do in the kind of the de-stress and the calming arena. So within my yoga teaching, mindfulness teaching and nutrition and how we pay attention to ourselves and uh, have self-care often, often, often comes back to the gut for me. And that also needs to really mention that that extends out into immunity. So when I see clients for anything that's immune related, particularly stress related immune stuff, and it's difficult to separate any of those out, then I will always go back to the gut. So I will, you know, with clients, I will test stool testing as often as possible and that will also include uh, antibodies on the gut wall which is where our immune signaling comes from so called this session calm in the belly because it is that sense if we can allow everything in this central region this belly region and the belly is a really kind of it's a nice non-specific non-anatomical term to use that really just denotes that people know what you mean by belly it's it's a central part it's this place in your abdomen so it doesn't necessarily separate out into digestion into you know the abdominal muscles into people use the word core we know in a more instinctive emotional level that this is our belly this is our place where we might bring our hands to if we feel um that we need comfort that we might automatically come to protect if we feel under threat in any way so finding calm in this place is what allows us to feel calm in a ripple out effect into the whole body and the repercussions of that are immense so if we look at our belly in the sense of uh, this is where our digestion takes place obviously that's between the whole mouth to anus root but a lot of the stuff that we feel kind of really churning the big stuff and the stuff in the the large intestine in particular feels like it's lower down it's kind of in our, our the root part of us and digestion relies on us being calm and our whole nervous system coming into calm so the digestive tract is enervated by the parasympathetic nervous system is called the rest and digest nervous system. So ideally, we would be sitting, eating, chewing in a state of great calm. But also that can mean we're pack animals. So in a much more traditional sense, we would eat with the tribe, with the crowd. There might be laughter, there might be chat, but we would feel relaxed in that way that we'd feel safe and kind of cohesive with our family or our tribe. So when that's lost or not available to us, 
then we often feel that we may be missing out on that and that relax and release in the belly in a wider social sense and in a very real sense of digesting a meal can be hampered. And it's often like, you know, I, I love eating. I've just come back from a retreat where we get, to, you know, you make a little family, a little tribe for a week and you get to all eat your meals together. And I absolutely love that. And I'm, I am an introvert. I need to spend time on my own, but I do feel that having that lovely meal situation with that temporary tribe, if you like, is very, very calming, very nourishing in itself. And it does support our ability to nourish ourselves. So that kind of brings us back to the role that the gut plays in terms of a barrier, in terms of immunity. And like the barrier of our skin, we can see quite clearly where the outside world is, what is outside our skin and what is inside. So we know where our external is. We can't we don't always feel, particularly there's trauma in our system or we feel dissociated or very stressed. Sometimes our boundaries can, it can feel dif be difficult to feel our boundaries. But if we place our hands on us, then that can help us just get a connection with seeing, okay, that's where there's, there's that barrier, that surface barrier. And inside that, that's my internal and outside that, that's my external. But we also have what's often referred to as an aura, but is also part of our proprioception. It's a sense of how we move through the world. And that's also the subtle body in yoga, which is about 12 fingers outside of us. So it's a sense of personal space. You know when someone's like too close to your personal space or kind of getting like, you know, up in your business, as it were, and it feels uncomfortable. And on different days, that can feel that it's at different levels. And it's why when we're in a crowd, we don't just bump into people all the time. We can negotiate that. And that, you know, we get a real sense of that coming from the viscera, coming right from our center. But our belly has that same sense of internal and external. And technically, when something enters your mouth, it doesn't actually enter your body unless it goes across the gut wall and into your bloodstream. So anything that enters into your digestive tract and comes out the other side intact, like that piece of sweet corn, or some people, someone mentioned to me a goji, an expensive and unchewed goji berry the other day, that has never technically entered your body. It didn't move through the barrier of your gut wall. And just like that internal, external on the skin, our gut, is working out whether we let things in or we don't. So the idea is that that gut, that gut wall lets through things that are nourishing. So vitamins, minerals, the macronutrients, all broken down ideally into their constituent parts and that can move in those parts into the body, into the bloodstream, or what to not let through. So things that are deemed harmful, not needed, less than healthy, do not enter and go straight out and are carried out into the bulk of the stool. So that includes uh, bacteria that we might need in the gut that has died and needs to be removed. It's things like it's how we regulate things like cholesterol, used hormones. Those come through into from the bloodstream into the gut wall and then hopefully not reabsorbed back in. So this is kind of part of the issue with constipation is that we can absorb things that are unwanted in because the stool sits around in the transverse colon and things have more of an opportunity to go back into the bloodstream when we wanted to eliminate them. So that barrier 
is just as our skin is. It's, you know, has a clear sense of internal and external. And it's when these get confused that we can have an overload, an overwhelm in immunity. If our gut wall is not able to heal fully, that too much stress and not that rest and digest tone that allows the gut wall to heal, we can get junctions between cell walls and larger particles of food can go into the bloodstream so it's not that they're necessarily unhealthy but this is how this is that the root of food intolerances combination of food not chewed fully not chewed in a calm state and not full healing on the gut wall allowed to happen can allow larger particles of food through and once they're larger particles they can be seen as an issue for the digestive uh, for the immune system and they can be reacted to and this is kind of the basis of of intolerance. So our gut is doing the same kind of constant decision making. It's not cognitive, conscious decision making, but it's nevertheless a process of do we let things in or do we not? And all of our decision making, this is our physiological state mirroring that which happens in our mental and emotional processes and our and thus our behavior. So behavior is us playing out those either conscious choices or unconscious choices. So much of our unconscious conditioning is played out by this sense of letting stuff come closer or needing to push it away. And that's, you know, it's the basis of safe, unsafe, and it's the basis of approach or withdraw or aversion and desire, which are uh, two opposing states, which are discussed much in yoga and Buddhism and in philosophical and spiritual paths where that relationship between duality, pleasure, pain, like, dislike, aversion, desire are very much examined within meditation, within our bodily feelings and our embodied awareness. And knowing those and starting to get a consciousness of where, of what we're doing there when we're making those decisions, where we're going through those impulses. So where we might feel just that sense that we want to get out of there, that sense that we listen to our gut feelings and either that, yeah, I just feel I like that person. There's something about them. Or, oh, I don't like that person. There's something about them. Either tone we go into, we feel from the gut. And we those visceral feelings, those gut feelings or kind of hunches that going with our gut is really to be listened to. This is the stuff from the enteric nervous system, which is the branch of the nervous system that is housed all the way through the gut wall. And it is separate to the central nervous system. So it is like a closed loop and it can make decisions again, not cognitive decisions, but it can learn and and make decisions and have memory based on what are called somatic markers. So so impressions that we lay down in the gut that are relayed back to the brain, which then give us a map of how to respond. Now, not all of those responses are going to be logical, rational, many of them not, and not all of them wanted. So we might be really playing out strategies from our childhood, things that just got us through, or, you know, someone reminding us of someone, situations reminding us of something. So for instance, if we 
get on a, a bus and we had a bad experience on a bus, we might lay down a somatic marker that buses are not safe. And when we get onto them, we want to get off. And then our behavior might make us choose to get the train next time. So you can see how gut feelings can start to lay down patterns of behavior. And the more we can become conscious of those, the more we can make conscious choices and the more we can start to really unravel how we feel about things, why, and even make that choice to find new patterns, new paths. And all of this starts in the belly. Now, the more calm and connection we have in the belly, the more space and choice we start to have about those decisions. So we're not just responding from impulse. So this is old brain stuff. This unconscious conditioning is old brain stuff. So it's not necessarily, you know, the new brain, our modern brain, if you like, our neo-mammalian brain at the front. There's a gap that we can have between the old brain knee-jerk response and actually having the consciousness to go, okay, I did get on a bus once. It wasn't a pleasant experience, but that isn't happening now. This isn't here right now and I can make a choice and I can try this again and maybe I can have a different experience which lays down a new pathway and a new set of conditionings. So the more we can start to be in touch with those what we would call reactions rather than responses, the more we can start to feel that we move through life with space. And those instincts in the belly are to be listened to and I'm certainly not talking here about cutting those off and thinking our way through them because that is known to not be a path where we feel that real real visceral safety we need to have a feeling of safety in the body to be able to start to get new patterns so it's not enough to just think our way through this and go well it doesn't make any sense that i'm scared of getting on a bus because i was once and i will just override it if you haven't really planted that, I feel safe in the belly and you have that conscious bodily awareness, then there's always a little niggle in the body that, yeah, but you're not listening to those gut feelings, those visceral signs and those visceral, that visceral communication. And it's well known that about 90% of the information on the long this brain axis goes from gut up. So how much you talk down to it, what is happening in the belly and the calmness that we can create in the belly is really important. So we can do that in several ways. We can do that by supporting that nourishment on the gut wall. And we can do that by attending to our belly as much as possible. So placing our hands there, rubbing, even moving at soft, soothing circles. When we meditate, feeling that place down into the belly. And my personal favorite, which is coming into constructive rest position, which is laying on the ground with knees bent and hands on belly. And that softens into the psoas muscle, which is kind of the muscle, the emotional muscle that holds us up as well. And that's our deep kind of center, our deep core, where we hold all this stuff, um, which talks to that potential for calm in the belly and whether we we run away or whether we curl up into protective fetal position. So whatever it is, however we root we come to that makes us feel that we are calm deep down, we have that connection in the belly, helps ripple through into our health, into our behavior, 
and into the ability we feel to connect and attune with our lives and really start to settle into being able to feel consciously aware of our responses and start to feel that we have we're living life in a way that is really true that those true feelings felt in the belly so i hope that's been of help do ask any questions a lot of this stuff as well i, I deal with in calm club so you can click through to that I'm keeping the doors open just for a little bit more because a few people have asked a few questions and then um, said that they want to join up a little later. So do click through and have a look and I will see you very soon. I'd love to hear any feelings you have about your visceral feelings, your gut feelings. Thank you. Bye. <laughs>